better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this monday edition of the show i don't know what's going on welcome kyle we're doing bird calls thank you yeah Okay, the sto- the backstory there is yeah, there you go. You got to tell the story now. I in the pre-show I was bitching to Kyle about how my wife has now fully embraced the uh the nature sounds as we sleep um from like I don't know some app or something that she plays and and so this morning about 5:30 I'm hearing like <laughs> high-pitched sparrows going off and then I'm laying there all of a sudden we're at the beach then we're in the rainforest and i'm like this is just ridiculous so though she's look she's due to give birth to our daughter in two weeks right so like i'm not gonna say much to her but man it was a nice uh unleashing session here to start the morning to kyle as i tried to sleep for another hour but couldn't yeah no we kept it loose on the shell so that's good my initial chuckles on little intro my my initial chuckle though uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. I can't claim responsibility. Yeah, no, I and, and I probably I don't know if you planned on doing those noises or or not. But I looked at your title for the room at the last second, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it got me. Yeah, nope. we got we have uh, little codes hidden into the uh, the chat rooms that we use uh, <laughs> every day for this show, and today's is is a good one. We're not going to share it though. No, no. I guess there were some playoff games this weekend. I I slept through them. Um, <laughs> Kidding. What? I do you want to get on the box and just get it out of the way? Do you want to not talk about it at all? How do you want to approach the next few minutes was, of your life? I was just kind of just hoping you recorded our conversation from yesterday. Like I said, no, but, I didn't. No, I, I didn't, and I told you yesterday. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. All right, so the Bills lost to the Houston Texans in overtime. The Bills played really well to start the game and then they collapsed. Deshaun Watson became Michael Jordan. The Bills plan for attack completely folded in the second half. Bill O'Brien outcoached the Bills coaching staff, which is really unusual. The Bills couldn't tackle. Josh Allen lost his mind at occasions and it was a very entertaining football game, I think, for everyone without a rooting interest, but a, a real a real gut punch for for the, the Bills mafia and um put a put a quite a, a wet blanket over what was a, a really fun season of Bills football. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm okay. You know, I told you yesterday, man, the peaks of being a fan at 33 years old are as fun as they've ever been. The lows, I think they're a lot easier to deal with, at least for me personally. Well, I, I, I said it yesterday. Or I guess I said it on Saturday. I will never ride with the mafia again. You guys did me dirty. I rooted for you, Joe. I actively got on board and pulled for Buffalo to win the game. So it's your and fault. And they jump out 16 nothing, and I feel great about it. <laughs> it's your fault. You did this. And then they blow a 16 nothing league. You and Don Shula ruined it for us all. Yeah, the Shula curse. You didn't know about the Shula curse. Yeah, now I do. Now I'm going to, yeah, tell the people. Well, yeah, so the Buffalo Bills' last playoff win came in the year 
1995. And it came at the hands of Don Shula in Don Shula's last game as an NFL head coach. The Bills beat the Dolphins. And since Shula has retired, Buffalo has never won a playoff game. And Joe, Saturday's wild card game against the Texans was on Don Shula's 90th birthday. They were never going to win the game. We just didn't do the research. <laughs> well, you predicted the Bill, the Texans to win by a field goal. So k- kudos there. I did. I did. Um, I did. I did. Thank you. I said the Bills would win the game unless Deshaun Watson became Michael Jordan. Well, <laughs> we got bad news. <laughs> Michael Jordan. He became Michael Jordan. He sure did. And, and and a lot of the reasons why I thought the Bills could win the game were pretty evident in the first half. But keep score the whole time, you know. Man, uh, that that last play was we said this on Saturday talking to each other. I'll never forget that play. That was that was I know the championship ramifications weren't quite there, but that was Jordan pulling up for the running jumper <laughs> to beat the buzzer against the was it the Jazz he hit that against? Yeah, and he like he jumped so high he almost kicked that dude in the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, and like Watson's getting to that territory, man. It's crazy. It's crazy how good he is. It, for him to grow throughout the course of the game, too, right? Like early on, mm-hmm. his eyes were everywhere. He was not comfortable. And then it like didn't matter. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you say? I mean, it's just a great individual performance. And um, JJ Watt as well. I mean, we have to mention him. I, I, I don't know. Oh, man. I, I don't know how he played in the game, Kyle. And early on, I'm like, he's not using his hands. He can't play. And then. He was a real problem, and I mean, just, hey, just decided it's like he and Deshaun both got yeah. together and said, you know what, doesn't matter anything that's happening at this point. It's a new game starting right now. Yep, play like you're capable of, and they both did, and it won them the game. And those, and it's it may be like a Russ thing, you know how you and I we talk. Well, Russ Wilson shows up on the field, and they got a really good chance to win every single game. And I mean, Deshaun's getting there, and and it's one of those deals where, like, they've got they're gonna have some challenges building this roster. Uh, just based on their lack mm-hmm. of draft capital moving forward, but they've got that dude. They've got that dude, and uh, he overcomes a lot. And I don't know how far that team's going to go, but they've got that dude. And from the Buffalo side of things, ninety million dollars in cap space, nine draft picks, um, a gut punch to deal with right now, but a, a bright future I think is well over in Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. They're going to have a chance to continue to get stuff right, and we're going to have to see what the continued development of Josh Allen is, yeah. and um. They just can't make the mistake that it seems like a lot of teams make where if that arrow stops pointing up and flattens out, at least bring in some competition. Look with the Tennessee Titans. This is a perfect segue to the Tennessee Titans and the fact that the Tennessee Titans are playing next week. Ryan Tannehill didn't win them the game on Saturday against the Patriots, but Ryan Tannehill got them in position to play the game with his play and the difference that he was able to bring to the Titans offense versus what you saw from Marcus Mariota throughout the first month of the season in Tennessee. And you know, the, the the Titans effectively asked Ryan Tannehill to do as little as humanly possible <laughs> in a playoff game against the Patriots. It's true. Yeah. He had 15 pass attempts. Yeah. He had less than 100 passing yards. Completed eight of them. Like, yeah, and he had like four yards per attempt. Yep. But he had the big third down conversion as they're sitting there trying to milk the clop. I think Mike Vrabel deserves uh, an award <laughs> for breaking out the Bill Belichick uh, milk the clock 
loophole that Belichick used against the Jets early this year. And Belichick, they had him on the sidelines. He's of, so mad. Uh, well, the Jets game, he's sitting there and he thinks it's the funniest thing in the goddamn world. Yeah. He's sitting there smirking, looking over at Gase, and they're just looking at each other like, what's going on? <laughs> and now Vrabel does the same thing to him, and Belichick's pissed. It was That was art. Seeing that transition of Belichick doing it to someone and then someone doing it to Belichick needs to be painted and hung somewhere because it was art. If you're a run the ball, stop the run kind of guy, the, the man, you got you got what you wanted here in terms of mm-hmm. what Tennessee was able to do. Derrick Henry, 34 rushes, 182 yards, and then the Patriots as a team, 22 carries for 98 yards, and that was a, a game where Tennessee was able to control the line of scrimmage with their with their offensive line, and Derrick Henry's a big old steam a big old tank coming through the line of scrimmage and that was the deciding factor i think the fascinating part of this game obviously everyone but patriots fans is really excited to see the patriots lose and and be done this year who me every listen the, the who me the, the fascinating conversation <laughs> is is around tom brady right like in, in his future and he i mean he's definitely he, he's given no indication he's retiring he's going to play football but even if you read the monday morning quarterback with peter king this morning it seems like there are some some caveats to him coming back to New England, and I think it may stem to stem. It may come from uh, what they do to get the offensive infrastructure around him better. Well, here's what I think is interesting, um, because I, I I think you're right in Tom Brady is the storyline here. You know, so many people thinking, you know, is this the last game he's played at Foxborough as the Patriots starting quarterback and. But the Patriots have always been known to be a team that makes cold-hearted business decisions because it's best for the organization. And Joe, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Is bringing Tom Brady back at 40-something years old in the best interest as the Patriots organization based on the way he played this year? I'm not the guy to ask the question to. Because I'm going to tell you yes. The answer is no. Yes, it is. Why? Because they've got a champ- it to they have championship caliber defense. And you can't tell me that they can't put everything in to build up the offense around him this offseason and go compete for another championship. It's still Tom. They were 12-4 and four with the bad offense this year. They also played in the AFC East, who they routinely own. You don't think this team wasn't – do you think it's a coincidence that like the, they played the other top three seeds in the AFC and they lost to all of them? What what other what other team is he going to go play for that's going to give him a better chance to win? I don't know. That's a great question, but that's not the Patriots' problem. The Patriots' problem needs to be who is going to be our starting quarterback for 2020 and into the future. And the Patriots always let these guys walk. How are they going to get that guy this early? offseason? I, it, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know how you can sit here and frame that based on the way Tom Brady played this year, where he was still a, an above-average starting quarterback, but he wasn't Tom freaking Brady. He wasn't setting the world on fire. His passer rating this year was 88. Mm-hmm. He really struggled any time, and I understand they don't necessarily have a ton of guys that can – win one-on-one coverage and create a lot of separation. Joe, they just spent a first-round pick on a wide receiver. The wrong one. They That's- tried to bring in a, a, a POS in, in Antonio Brown. Like, 
I understand they made some moves. They traded a two for Mohamed Sanu. Banged up pretty much as soon as he got there. I, I mean, well, I, to me, they just got to get better players around Tom. I don't know. I I, I feel like and how, and how are you going to do that when the Patriots routinely are bad at drafting wide receivers? Stop dra- drafting wide receiver. They drafted the wrong freaking receiver. Any anyone could have told you that Nkeel Harry wasn't. Hey, 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 hey! Don't listen. You can like Nkeel Harry. You can like Nkeel Harry all you want, but he wasn't the right receiver for this football team. Go sign AJ Green. Go sign AJ Green. Go sign Emmanuel Sanders. And they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose Josh McDaniels this offseason. Good. By the way. Good. By the way. Oh, so it's more McDaniels' fault than Brady's fault? I I cannot believe I'm on a in a position right now where I'm defending Tom Brady. I this guy's I just I I get I get it. I get your point of view, but the Patriots have let dudes walk for a lot less money than what Tom's gonna command at a lot younger age because it was time to go. So you you think for the Patriots the best thing they can do is the is to let Tom Brady walk, but the best thing for Tom Brady is to also like what what where where are you at like what's the? Can you, I mean, of course, of course, the best situation for Tom is probably to come back because of the defense and because of the coaching that they have there, and the, the those two things alone are going to carry you to ten wins. You saw what this team did in two thousand eight. I understand that was over a decade ago, but they had a really good defense in two thousand eight. And a really good defense, and they had Matt Castle at quarterback, and they still have Bill Belichick as the head coach, and they won eleven and five. Count- In the AFC East, where the, the the Dolphins are on the upswing, but they're still very bad roster right now, and they're gonna be super young next year. If they split with Buffalo and they've got in far superior coaching to the New York Jets. They could sleepwalk to four and two in the division. Okay, win six games out of the rest of your schedule. But your your concern is that when it comes to facing these other teams, the top teams in the AFC, that they just yeah. they can't hang. Correct. Well, they won't be able to hang if Jarrett Stidham's their starting quarterback next year either. So, well, there's also some some interesting quarterbacks on the free agent market. <laughs> Drew Brees, what are we going to swap? Drew Brees and Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, what? Cam. I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know, but- but I just think I think if the Patriots are more concerned about their long term success instead of trying to extend this, this Super Bowl window for one more year that they think they've got if they bring back Tom, I think now's the time you make the change because Tom's a free agent. You're gonna have an opportunity. I wouldn't. And you're picking twenty third in the draft, which is the highest the it's Patriots high. have picked in freaking forever. <laughs> Maybe they like Jordan Love, man. I don't know. All right, we got some NFC games to talk about yet, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what? The uh, Vikings and Saints? Good for Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, brother. <laughs> Good for him. Got man. off the schneid. Some, Want a playoff game? And he, and he won it, too. Like, we're getting close throws, to the man. end of it. We're getting close to the end of that game. They, I, I guess they called QB draw there on their last possession in regulation. And I'm like, Jesus, man. Like, they're, they're packing it in. And New Orleans <laughs> has all the momentum. And then Minnesota gets the ball in overtime, and Kirk takes him right down the field. Yeah. Big-time throws, man. He hit him. Uh, real quick, has Stefan Diggs always been a – Whoa. 
what is you're what, what is swinging? Well, I'm like watching this guy. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like you, your body language is total shit, and you've been this way all year. Yeah, he's been pitching a fit all season. Where did this come from? Like, I remember when his when he was contract was up, and everyone was talking about how great he was for the team. And he's such a great leader, and he's a guy that's just committed to the, like the process and what it takes to win. And like, like who is this dude this year? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if somebody's gotten into his ear. I don't know if he's just fed up with Kirk because he feels like he's. And listen, to be fair to Stefan, Stefan could probably go to mm, 10 different teams across the league, a third of the league, and be a much more productive receiver than what he is in Minnesota. You think that's unfair to say? 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got 94 targets. I think some of the receivers in the tier that he thinks he's in gets another 30 or 40 a year. Right, and that that's, that's I think, the, the root of the problem for Stefan is – but it it it's not in sync with what people said about him when his contract was up, which you just got done explaining. Everybody's talking about the leadership that he brings and committed to the process. And now it's like, why well, won't mine? It's, it's at least the impression that he's given when you yeah. watch him play. Yeah, but good for Mike Zimmer as well. I mean, he told people he said, "We're going down to the dome. We're going to beat the Saints." They did, and they did. They did. Uh, Drew Brees, man, like. What was that throw before halftime where he just chucked it up? Like that wasn't a good read. There was double coverage there. They had him bracketed. You just heaved it up there. Like in a, in some ways it was a punt, but that wasn't even a good punt. I didn't. I felt like Drew played outside of himself, and then I know he's got the thumb thing, but that fumble wasn't forced. Like he shouldn't have fumbled that ball. I don't know, man. Oh, the one where Daniel got him on the elbow. I would call it like his bicep or something. I don't know. Like sent yeah. shockwaves through his hand, and he couldn't grip it. All right. Listen, I need to get something out of the way here too. Talking about this game, yeah. I'd like to formal formally apologize to the artist known as Taysom Hill. Over the course of the summer, I dogged the Saints a lot about the prospect of using Taysom Hill to take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands. There was a question that was asked that was named the worst idea in NFL history. And I, I, I worded it poorly because I left it very ambiguous. And when you don't provide context within the tweet, you're going to get bit. I said, Taysom Hill. <laughs> you didn't give yourself an out. We talked about this last week. You know, All right? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so Taysom Hill as a quarterback, if he was the Steve Young that, that, Peyton, or that Sean Payton continues to insist that he is, why is he not your backup quarterback? You know, so I'm still skeptical about Taysom Hill, the passer. But to say that Taysom Hill was the worst idea in NFL history when Taysom Hill is becoming a really effective multi-tool weapon, wildcat offense. I'm not going to talk about the fact that he underthrew the deep ball that everybody was losing their minds over by about 10 yards. He's a receiver. He caught a 20-yard touchdown. Tip of the hat to you, Taysom Hill, because you played a hell of a football game yesterday and you make me look stupid because people are always going to have that tweet. And I'm not going to delete it because then that means I'm running from it. I didn't provide proper context to say, don't give Taysom Hill the ball if it means Drew Brees isn't going to touch the ball. Taysom Hill, the multi-tool weapon, 
is a really nice piece to the Saints offense, and he's making me look stupid. So I want to issue that apology to him here on the show. Cliche, but Swiss Army knife. I mean, if there ever was a true example of it, it's Taysom. And uh, to fill yeah. that many roles for a football team is presents some value. Do you want to change your answer? Do you have do you have something else here? Uh, the worst That's idea. It's the dumbest, dumbest, worst idea in yeah. NFL Anything history. off the top of your head here that we you can redeem yourself? We can save the soundbite mm. and roast you in three years for. Mm. Probably telling the Patriots that it's time to let go of Tom Brady. <laughs> it's just not going to be me. You might be right, but I won't be the guy that says that. <laughs> That's great. All right. What, yeah, I can see that coming from a mile away. That's just, fine. just want to spend the rest of the show here talking about DK Metcalf. Or mm, Imagine not having DK as a, as a top player in 2020 NFL or 2019 NFL draft. My favorite was at the beginning of the year, people were coming after me saying it was irresponsible of me to have a player ranked number seven on my board that went to the end of the second round and that I was uh, misleading to my readers. Oh, where's that? I'm going to look those up right now. I'm retweeting those right now. Just so you know, <laughs> at the Joe Marino and irresponsible. Listen, Kyle, I, I understand this I've learned a lot and I don't have it all figured out. Let me just tell you that. But I've learned that there's something you should take a chance on. It's rare talent. And that's what DK had. And then, you, you, you know, we got a chance to see him at the combine and, and talk to him a little bit and talk to people around him. You just kind of gather enough information to know that he's not just a really a physical specimen. He's a really good human being that works really hard and loves playing football and is going to fit well into an NFL locker room. And, it's the kind of guy that you 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 can believe in, and it's okay to believe in. and And I know that he wasn't without his warts, even on tape. But so much was made of of a test that didn't matter for his skill set. It didn't matter. I don't care how fast he can snap off a route and break horizontally. It was. It's not important for his game. It's not how he wins. But when you identify how DK Metcalf wins, and you give him to Russell Wilson, you get what you saw against the Philadelphia Eagles. A guy that went out and had 160 receiving yards, seven receptions on nine targets and a touchdown in his first playoff game. DK Metcalf was a chance worth taking. He was a player worth believing in. And I, I fell victim to this. I, I didn't believe in Daniil Hunter. I didn't believe in Anthony Barr because I thought they were missing parts of their game that was important for what they were going to do in the NFL. There's a lot of other guys I've missed on. But I'm gonna. what I've really focused on is finding that those things that they can do. And if they can do it at an elite level, at a blue chip elite level, believe in that guy because it's worth it. Shout out to NFC Doug. That's him. Yeah. Admit that draft network LLC was wrong in promoting DK Metcalf as a top 10 player. He went near the third round and cried like a baby. Yeah. From October. Yeah. You, sir, are a dunce. You look like a dunce sitting there on your couch with that stupid smirk on your face. Oh, he's he's a Red Sox fan. That's why. That explains a lot. As far as the game goes, how differently do you think this game plays out if Carson Wentz plays 60 minutes? Super differently. I don't know if that's a right phrase, but man, it's a one-score game with friggin' Josh McCown playing his ass off. But come on, you know, like... Carson was playing good ball and he threw four passing attempts in this game. And it's a one score loss at home. Like it's a different result probably. And the Eagles had a lot to overcome in this game in Seattle. I don't feel great about them winning in the next round, but man, that was a big loss and a dirty, dirty hit from Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. You, you got me with saying 
Here, here's what you can come away from this game with saying. Seattle, in the spectrum of playoff teams, is probably not a very good team. Here's what you can't say. There's no way Seattle doesn't have a Super Bowl appearance. Or there's no way Seattle makes a Super Bowl. Because when you got Russell Wilson, the, the Buffalo game with Deshaun Watson is a perfect example. When a guy catches fire that has the ability to make as many types of things happen as guys like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson do, I'm never counting them out. They're, they're in the race. They're among the teams or the NFL's final eight teams, right? Yeah. So you said uh, Seattle's not a very good team. You're not wrong in saying Seattle's, in the grand scheme of things, not a very good team. But I'm not going to say this team can't make a playoff run because they got the critical X factor that a lot of teams that end up not being very good teams in the lexicon of what defines a good team in the NFL that make runs. It's unfortunate for the Eagles because, you know, they, they were so injured everywhere this season. And if you thought it would be a good idea to try and correlate Carson Wentz's past injury problems with getting speared in the back of a head bullshit and getting his head driven into the ground, please check yourself. Yeah. Totally different. And something that was completely out of his control. What would you have liked him to do? Slide feet first. Like for Jadavion Clowney to not plow his body into the back of an unsuspecting man's head. Well, you know, there, there, I've seen some debate on on the malicious intent for Jadavion Clowney too, and I, I can't say that he was deliberately trying to spear Carson in the head, but you can't drop your eyes like that and and drop into a quarterback or a ball carrier on the ground like that. There's no need to. He's giving his his body up. Yeah, and you're not taking him on from the front, trying to get in front of him, stop his momentum. You're taking him on from behind. So at the best case scenario, it was just a dumb pile jumping kind of play. And he hit Carson in the head. And that sucks. Well, I guess the uh, the overarching theme here is, uh, as an NFL draft podcast, welcome to draft season. Eagles, Bills, Patriots, Saints. Eagles own the 21st pick, the Bills 22, the Patriots 23, and the Saints 24. Oh, and by the way, that means the Miami Dolphins own the New Orleans Saints second round pick and a three and 13 team is picking 24th, AKA 56 for the dolphins in the second round. Super pleased with that. But are you pleased with the, <laughs> with, that, with that first round pick? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And that's why I'll never ride with the hey, mafia again. Listen, Laramie Tunsil did his part. He jumped off. I think he had what two or three false starts. He gave up three sacks to Jerry Hughes. He did his part, man. He did his part. Yeah. Listen, by the way, I, I was writing up, I graded the Dolphins offense this morning for USA Today's Dolphins Wire for 2019. You know how many false starts the Dolphins offensive line had collectively as a team in 2019? I'll guess less than Laramie Tunsil had. Less than Laramie yeah. Tunsil had as an individual this season. Fun fact for the day. Hey, listen, we got takes on takes tomorrow, and I've seen some great takes come through <laughs> in the past couple of days. Yeah. So we're going to have a good week tomorrow on the show. Uh, looking forward to it. Thanks as always for listening to Draft News Podcast. Come back to us again tomorrow. Send your hot takes at the Joe Marino at Grinding Tape with the hashtag takes on takes. We'll talk to you soon.